Hello and welcome to Game Week 2 of the Three Amigos FBL show. Tonight on the podcast, we're joined by Nymphriet. Welcome to the show, Nim. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And of course, my amigo Mars, who you can find on Twitter at Mars05. How's it going, buddy? What's happening, Don? Yeah, I'm good, man. And of course, the lovely Kylie. Kylie FBL. Come to you first, Nim. How was Game Week 1 for you? Did you um, kick ass? Are you over the 100 club or whereabouts did you land on the lead, on the overall leaderboard? Oh, no, definitely not over the 100 club. <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> I never start well. That's just, it's not my thing. In fact, if I did start well, I'd be a little bit worried. It probably put me off tilt for the rest of the season. I got 75 points, so I'm around... 405,000 ish. Not too bad. I mean, I know that one thing actually Fly um, said on Twitter, he's, I think he's around about a million after game week one. One thing he actually said was last year when he, I think he was 5,500 or something after the first game week. And he said it kind of ruined the rest of the season for him because he was kind of playing defense the whole way through. Um, And he kind of, he didn't have as much fun in it because he had such a good game week one. So I mean it's um it it definitely I mean it's an awful long season and the leaderboard at the after one week really means nothing because there's only a matter of a few points really between um between you know the middle of the table and the top of the table. Um Kylie, come to you next. Um how was your game week? Did you did you beat Nymphia? I did by one point. Just the no. one point. <laughs> so close. It's all um, good, it's all good. Yeah, so I ended up on 76. And actually, it was obviously a very high scoring week this week. But I'm still really happy with the 76 because by the Saturday night, I was only on 22 points. So it was looking a little bit desperate. And most importantly, from my perspective, Last season was the curse of the defender for me. I just, between Christensen and Bailly and everything possibly going wrong, I um, I had a clean sweep of uh, attacking and uh, defensive points for my defenders. So it was hugely exciting. They all got double-figure hauls um, and I felt like I was winning the lottery. So even though... Half the rest of my team did nothing. I didn't really care. Yeah, the the defenses looked awesome this week. I mean, everyone was fifteens, elevens, and um, even I had uh, one biscuits on my bench, and I had Mendy and me coming, and um, and I was kind of hoping one of them was going to just kind of cry off sick because I but sure Mendy betted, and then um, and me <laughs> came up I think with eight points. Which it was perfectly fine, but uh, Mars, how did you get on? Um, I'm like I'm sure because you're so good and you'll always be rubbing my nose, and I'm sure you bet my score of 89. Did you? <coughs> no, no, but it's a marathon not sprint. <laughs> I'm giving you your head start. <laughs> uh, I had to drop it's a marathon not sprint because I see a lot of people complaining about it. I'm like, who's got a problem? What happened? Bring it. I like my beef medium rare. Come on, get some beef. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did I mention it's a marathon, not a sprint? Yeah, uh, 76 points, same as Kylie. Would not surprise because she copies my team all the time. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, we've already worked that out. People are <laughs> checking the bushes outside. I've had to move because of this. It's just disturbing. Yeah, it's 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 all rumors. It's all made up rumors. She copies yeah. my team all the time. I think she has that cat, my password or something. Always <laughs> the same players. Um, yeah, yeah. The fact that Mars is always going on business trips abroad um, and highly living <laughs> in another true. country. Yeah. Very yeah. suspicious. I um yeah, just again, just like Kylie, a great defense. Midfield was <laughs> was pretty good, and I. Don't really want to talk about my strikers. I'm not talking to them down the night step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, strikers were uh, real turds. Two oh, points across rubbish, the board. They? From at Arnie right up front, Arnie, um, Aguero, and and uh, who was it? King. You the uh, trio that a lot of people I think had. But um, I I kind of regretted even after the deadline and I was, even before any matches I played that I went Arnie instead of Zaha because. Well, but just Ernie has been so good in the preseason. Zaha was the only one that did anything for me. I, I had um, Aguero and Aubameyang. <laughs> so all that money up top <laughs> and nothing in, nothing in return. But what got me the most was that I did, um, I did a live stream on the on the Friday, and I had four draft teams, and I, it's like. If I'd gone with either of the last two draft teams, I'd have been probably way in the in the 100 club, but I, but I didn't, and I I had Richarlison in almost all preseason alongside Neves, and at the last minute I kind of went on Twitter and had this mad moment that everyone was choosing Yotta, and so I kind of switched Yotta in for Richarlison and took um and put Kearney in for Neves. <laughs> So oh, I was nasty. kind of kicking myself over that one a little bit. So I'm vowing myself now to just go with my gut for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think we've yeah, all had that, that moment as well, where we, we've sort of gone onto Twitter and that Twitter hive mind thing and changed our mind. It was like that with me last season. I had Smalling in towards the end on my wildcard and because people kept saying he wouldn't play and that Bai was the better option, Swapped Bailly in, and then Bailly didn't play, and Smalling <laughs> got three goals, and it was just awful. Never again. Of course, um, of course, Nim, you're like you're saying Aguero and Aubameyang up front, and that kind of brings us on a bit to, I guess, talking about the long game, as Mars mentioned. I mean, you have them two in. It wasn't particularly with game week one in mind. You have the two of them because, especially yeah. with Aubameyang, those two nasty fixtures to start the season, it's yeah. you're looking at it in the long haul. Um, what did you think of what did you think of that game and what did you think of Aubameyang in particular his performance? Are you kind of are you feeling that worrying about um, how much money you've invested in that forward line or are you thinking that it'll come good? The thing was that I I tried to put some um, premiums at least two in in every position. Uh, so two forwards, two midfielders, two defenders, and then I always go with a premium goalkeeper. So. It was much tougher this year, obviously, with, with having Salah the price he was, but I, I wasn't going to go without, at least from the start. Uh, I'm not really going to commit to a wild card on a specific week, but what I do like about having two premiums up front is that it should be easy enough at any point when one of those, say, Aguero starts getting rotated, or if 
if this Arsenal side isn't going to gel this season, like we've seen some sort of hints of against Man City, then it's going to be so easy to drop him down to somebody so much cheaper and then upgrade elsewhere. And then I'll know as well what who will be, the, I'll have better knowledge which players, you know. But I have to admit, all of pre-season, Aubameyang looked really good. And when he got the ball, he did have a few flashes of brilliances during that match. So I'm not feeling too worried just yet. These are these are these two games were never going to be fantastic. Uh, I knew that from the start. It's just that obviously there's usually a lot more goals in that fixture in both ends. So I I thought we might have snuck one or two and that it might have gone through him. So that was my thinking there. But yeah, I'm not too worried yet. If by game week four, I'm still sitting on, you know, <laughs> an, an assist or two points, then then it might be time to shift him on for sure. Yep. Um, Marzi, this is the time of the show where we have, of course, your rant. So um, what is it that's bothering you? What what's what have you come across that really got your blood going? Oh, where do I start? People selling, people buying, managers without one, Bissaka, Shaw or Mendy hurting. I hear them crying. Can we practice what we preach and stop selling and buying too much? Uh, would you actually just like, you know, hold on a little bit? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gone mental. I don't know what's going on. My team's gone up by 0.3 or 0.4 already. Um, people are jumping on players, going sideways. Um, you know, I think, look... It makes sense if you make an attacking change. For example, uh, if you have a defensive midfielder that you put in for one reason or another, or somebody who doesn't play, like uh, um, Colin Hudson Worthy at Chelsea. He didn't play, right? So you took a gamble. Now, he's unlikely to get back in the team now that some of the big players are back. So if you have money in the bank and you want to change that to, let's say, a Kante or Jorginho or another Chelsea players that are cheap or... or, or uh, a player that impressed you, that's fine. But doing a sideways move now because Arnie didn't score a goal at at, at Liverpool is it's just reactionary. It's it's you, you're wasting a transfer because you got annoyed. But you had a plan, so stick to that plan. Now, saying all of this, sometimes you do have to make a move. I personally made a move. Like I said, I had money in the bank. Having watched players, I wasn't sure about a couple of them, and I made a move. So I, I actually went from Kearney to Richarlison, because from what I saw, he's going to be the main man at Everton. Everton have good fixtures. I had the money in the bank. I was already planning on making one move, and I wasn't too sure. Is Are Everton going to score more than more than Fulham? I think so. Is Richarlison better pick than Kearney? I think so. Did I make a quick move, a hasty move? Maybe, but I was, based on the... Stats and the eye test, it's fine. But I would never do, for example, King to Wilson. So I have King. Wilson scored. Oh, I'm not going to go switch them. That's just a waste of the transfer, in my opinion. Give it, like like Mim said, wait maybe two, three, four game weeks. See what's happening. That's what I'll do with my other players. For example, I have Sanchez. I wasn't happy with his performance. I might wait two or three game weeks before it, and maybe see if Mane continues to do what he's doing or KDB comes back. That's why you have some of the expensive players. Another example. I was on Robertson the whole preseason. Switched him last minute to Virgil van Dijk. Now I could go, oh, I'm so annoyed. I'm going to switch it over. But what's the point? Both of them are going to get clean sheets if Liverpool do. And I can see van Dijk scoring some headers. Now, of course, Robertson got the better. This game was the, be- the better pick. 
But I wouldn't waste a transfer. And that's my point. I wouldn't waste a transfer unless it's, you know, you saw something, a player, like I said, one of those players that just did not play, not, not going to get back in the team. Don't forget, there's a lot of good players still to come back. So you could jump on a player right now and then suddenly they're not even in the team anymore. There's always a player that starts well and then just disappears. And I think it was Stag who mentioned something like, oh, Joe for Everton scored two on his on his debut. I don't, I don't think even, we even remember who Joe was, but he was a Brazilian dude that scored for Everton. I hope Richardson doesn't turn out to be the same, but it's a good point made by Stag. Sometimes you get people who start and suddenly they just disappear. So just hold on your fires. Yeah, definitely. Um, Ma- sorry, um, Mazbar, on your on your point on the King Wilson thing, um, Wilson missed his penalty, so now there is a possibility that that swing will happen and they'll give the penalties to King next time. And you've then gone and maybe switched the two over, and King actually scores his penalty as opposed to missing it like Wilson did, and then you're going to be like, oh, even more kind of frustrated with yourself. Um, I know last season there was the software came out where they were showing basically where if you left your team just as a ghost team, your game week one team and where it would be in relation to your to your existing team. And my one, I stopped looking at it after the halfway point because um, every, nothing was working. And I think as my saying there, it's a matter of just having patience. And um, and this game week, this game week, I mean, pretty much everything from all of the all of the players we were talking about during the preseason, whether it was Pedro, Neves, um, Richarlison, everyone banged, other than probably Arnautovic, say, um, being everyone, the defenders, even the goalkeepers to a point, Elaine Hennessy did great. There, a lot of a lot of the players that we all were were keen on did well in game week one, but that's not to say that that next week that there won't be. You know, I mean, that Jota won't come good or whatever. So it is just a matter of just chilling and kind of seeing how things go. But um, actually, with that in mind, we actually want to give the Listener League our Three Amigos FPL Classic. Um, and Mars has decided, because Mars is the boss, he's decided that up to the international <laughs> break, we will be allowing new entries to come into it. So um, the code to join it is 96957-20091. Um, we'll put the code for that in the notes in the bottom of this podcast. And of course, you can find it on our Twitter page at Three Amigos FPL. Top of the table is Vasco de Arsenal. So um, Alex Brunning with a fantastic 112 score. After him, it sounds like a, um, a good Irishman is uh, Clifton Celtic with 107 points. That's John Hawkins. And then in third place is Dark Knights United. That's Tandy Accarelli's, um team. So um, well done to all of them. Uh, some fantastic scores there. I think I am about number 33 in that league at, at the moment. So um, I'll be, uh, we'll all be hoping to see our names and we'll be reading out our own names in the future. In it. But, you just um, slid well that right in there, Don. Riley, you have to take these moments when they present themselves. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so um, let's move on to the next section of the show, which is we're going to go through the players who performed well in the past weeks. We did mention a good lot of them there in our intro, but um, we're going to go through them by position and we're going to basically give our opinion on whether we should blank, bonk or stalk these players going forward. So just as a bit of an explainer to that, we, if we were going to avoid them, it's blank them. So if you're going to stalk them, that means you're going to put them on your watch list, but you're not sure about them yet or bonk them. So that's sign me up, big boy. So I'll come to you first on it, Nim. 
um, we're going to look at the goalkeepers. And um, one that I actually made sure I did mention, Hennessy from Crystal Palace had a great game week one. And he was one that people were working on in the preseason, except for a little bit of doubt about whether he was going to get the starting gig or whether it be the new boy, Guaita. Um, who did you have in goal? You said you went, I think, for De Gea or one of the premium options. But um, what's your thinking on Hennessy? Is he a stock, bonk or blank? I went with Edson, but yeah, um, I think he's a Hennessy is a stalk for me. He made um six saves and he got two save points, I think, in FPL. So um yeah, not really sure, like you said, on his position, how long he stays there. Will Palace keep lots of clean sheets this season? It's a stalk for me, that one. Mars, speaking of stalking, okay. Um, what's your thinking on the goalkeepers, the the ones that did well in game week one? Is there any there that people might be getting a little bit excited about, but do you think people should just uh, blank them? Look, anyone with the Bournemouth keepers, fair play, but long term, I can't see Bournemouth keeping many clean sheets. So you need to be careful with that one. Um, apart from that, I mean, David is doing what David does best, which is making saves for United. Um, and I think it's look. It's 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 early. There's there's been some some good clean sheets for the cheaper ones, but I think premium tells, and you can see that. You know, Allison, Edison, both keeping clean sheets. Um, I'm I'm personally always on a premium and a and a set and forget keeper. Um, you know, I'm an unused bench. I got lucky because Hammer played, but luckily I didn't need him because he got. Zero points, I think. So, yeah, I mean, nothing, you know, you, you can't judge it on one game. You need to go, you need, to, with keepers, you need to think long term. Um, but you know, I'm saying this, and then we all talked about last week, or the last spot saying maybe we, we should plan our this this time for four game weeks. So somebody might have looked at the Bournemouth uh, uh, rotation with uh, somebody like Palace or something and go, you know what, out of these two, I can get four home, uh, four home games. And they might end up with four clean sheets. Fair play. But that's not a position I want to play around with. Because if you're spending four and a half uh, on a keeper, for example, it's going to be really difficult to upgrade. And you're going to need money from somewhere else from your from your um, team. I would rather always start with an expensive keeper and then downgrade if I want to. That's just my I position don't, on it. I, I don't like giving you... Um, well, it's not really credit. I'm blaming you. And then I'll give you credit, Mars. But um, your talk on the goalkeeper thing actually influenced my decision a bit because... I had been set on, um, I think it was um, Alex Waterbaby was saying about um, Crystal Palace and um, West Ham rotation in goalkeepers. So if you had Hennessy and and Fabianski um, in goal, that they rotate very, very well for the first eight or nine game weeks, literally one on, one off, all the way through. They're four and a half. Uh, based on the fact that I was a bit nervous, which of the Crystal Palace players, goalkeepers, was going to get the gig, I held off and I actually went with Pickford in goal. Now, that cost me points in game week one, obviously, because Pickford only came up with a measly one point and he looked very rusty. But with Everton's fixtures, I'm hoping that they're going to come good. And that is part of my thinking with it too, is that I have five million with him. That's an easier upgrade to either one of the Arsenal goalkeepers if Czech keeps the gig or even an upgrade of a half a million more just to get like Allison or get Ederson in. And that's what my thinking is. Whereas if you Don, do, as Don, you said, we need, we need to chat. Halves. We need to chat offline. You're looking at Everton. <laughs> Ars- you're looking at Everton and Arsenal. I mean, 
Everton. Someone had to say it. Everton don't really keep clean sheets on a good day, even when they had Allardyce on, on, in the helm. And Garcia is probably one of the most attacking ones. And and don't get me started on Arsenal. Nymph, Nymph is our guest. But no, it's all on. good. You go at our defence. It's shocking. I would go it, nowhere it, near it. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really would go nowhere near Arsenal defence. I would need some major convincing. <laughs> you need to give the good start. Man. <laughs> to, to be clear, Marzi. To be clear, my thoughts on Arsenal were pre-season and we're, we're going to see what they're going to be like. They're not going to be facing Man City every week. And the other part of it is five million. If Arsenal do, if they solidify and they actually look a bit better in a couple of weeks' time, five million for one of the kind of Champions League contender teams will be good. You're getting a discount on the Liverpool defend Liverpool goalkeeper or whatever. It, like it that. will be. But it will be. But I think it's that, five million that, for a that reason. Is definitely. That would be, um, well, that's possible. Yeah, it's the same as it's the same as you know. It, listen, Arsenal will be exactly the same for me. They will sometimes outplay teams like and smash them, and sometimes they will just look so weak and uninterested. It's it, for me whether it's Wenger or Emery or you bring anyone in, it's just exactly the same. The way I watch them play, Ozil and these guys, it's just exactly the same. They have a team of players that when they click, probably play the best football around or used to at least. But sometimes, if you get at them, they are just not interested. And until they change yeah, that, no, I have to say, I, I wasn't impressed in week one, and they that would not be no, a move. That would be pre-season, me thinking. But it's but I, as you said, Arsenal don't look like one of the premium options at the moment. And but, just, but with just Everton's, Everton's, they were Pickford was looking like is uh, as when you were looking remember before at Coleman as your premium for Everton you were looking at him as one of your defensive yep. options and they there's a reason so I bad. stepped away there's a reason I stepped away because as much as I love Coleman so as much as I love Coleman going forward for me and I'm glad I did because I went with Shaw instead and we all know what I, I got I got Lukey as I, as I keep saying um, you know and um, it's just Everton just can't defend at the moment to be honest and until the, the new player, you know, Zuma and Mina and these guys might come in and they will gel, but that will take some time for me. However, attacking-wise, they actually look quite exciting. So that's where I would invest with Everton, not 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 at the at the back line. Pickford is a, is a great keeper, but in front of him is not not quality at the moment. <laughs> Just to say on the old um, Arsenal goalkeeper as well, be a, be a little bit careful, Don, because I did read um, a press article after the game. Uh, the Arsenal Man City game that said that every Emery has told his players that every position has to be fought for this season and he's not going to play anybody that he doesn't think is is going to like play well that week and so he's happy to rotate his team um, there are some players he said that nailed on but his exact words, I think, with Leno was he can wait or something along those lines. So just be a bit he careful. Suits, he suits the way he wants to play better, Leno, I think, apparently. Now, I've never seen Leno playing that much, but apparently he's better with the ball at his feet than what Czech is. But he's, but the, the thing is, Arsenal will be definitely a watch and see because I actually didn't pick any Arsenal players in my game week one team because both the, first, both the two crap fixtures to start the season and also then the the issue with well what way will they actually look when they come out of the blocks and actually surprise people or will they look like Mara said the same old Arsenal 
um, where they're unreliable and stuff. But um, they're definitely a watch, a watch and see for me. Um, folks, we move on to the defenders because um, I know that uh, Shaw and Wanna Biscuit and Mendy, and as we said, there's a lot of nice, really great performers um, in game week one. But um, Kylie, come to you first. Um, what was your thinking on um, on the the standout performers? So, and what are you thinking in terms of them long term? Are they blank stalkers or bonkers? Um, Shaw, Wanna Biscuit, and Mendy to start off with. Okay, so. I think Shaw is a stalk for me. Oh, it kind of depends. I think if you don't have him in your team, I think he might be a stalk. If you have him in your team, then we'll call him a bonk um, because I wouldn't be getting rid of him just yet. If you have him, I know there's everyone's a bit concerned over rotation. But if he holds on to that position, even for a couple of weeks, that would be great. Obviously, he's had a good start. But given that he is not secure, I don't think that people should be jumping the gun and buying him just yet. On Mendy, however, Mendy just like marry and have shark babies with because I think that he is <laughs> just just go all in. I think he's an exciting pick. Um, he was an exciting pick in preseason, but we weren't saying that with, um, you know, any degree of certainty in, in terms of his underlying statistics. Obviously, the sample size was quite small from last season, but you could see from his gameplay that he had a lot of potential um, he had, uh, he created a chance every 40 minutes. Obviously he didn't play that many minutes, but it was still really impressive compared to the, um, minutes for created chance for Otamendi, for example, which was like 240 something. Um, in that match alone, he had three penalty area touches, two goal attempts. He obviously got two assists. And I think that we will continue to see him bombing down there. It, even though Pep Pep came out and said something mildly threatening, actually, um, about how he wants to play as a uh, centre forward, or um, and basically sometimes you want to kill him for doing that uh, rather than playing as a defender. So. Um, that was a bit fun. And his social media, his social media activity as well. Yeah, exactly. Them. Yeah, but um, I mean, he can just keep doing what he's doing. We know that City will keep clean sheets at six million for a premium defender who has a real attacking mindset. It it just gives me Alonso like thoughts, and it's delightful. So he. He's not going anywhere for me, and those who haven't got him should consider him as as a buy. I really think. And um, who was the other one? Oh, one biscuit. Yeah. So I I don't know why people wouldn't have had him in their team to begin with, because I mean I have Van Arnholt, and I still have one biscuit in my team because. Crazy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Go Crystal Palace. Um, but I just think at four million for a player who we felt a significant degree of confidence would start the season, just based on the fact that he was playing with the first team 
in all of their friendlies bar one or two when it was the B team playing, basically. So there's been a lot of really positive talk from Roy Hodgson and from fans about him. And obviously he had a great game. So I think at four, I think he's 4.1 now. But, um, yeah, dive on it. He He's an absolute pick. If for some reason he stops playing and, and Ward comes back in, then you can monitor it. But we don't often get really viable picks at that price range. So I wouldn't even be questioning it, to be honest. Yeah. The one thing actually is interesting with the defenders. Um, when people are looking to bring in one biscuits or if they haven't got Mendy and stuff, it's actually the amount of choices. Who do you actually take out? Because it seems like everyone everyone got double digit figures from their defenders oh, yeah. this week. Um, yeah, I'm from- I'm in the same position. I don't I don't have Mendy and um I still got a clean a clean bill from all of my defenders as well. So it in fact I'd have to try and find another point five, I think it is for David Luiz to Mendy. So it's a little bit like, oh, how do I squeeze him into the team? But I'm definitely keeping an eye on him for sure. He's a stalk for yeah. me as well. <laughs> Very good. No shark babies and, to um, you. <laughs> Not just yet. I can't afford them. <laughs> um, Marzi, what do you think? Uh, you're agreeing on all that, Joe? Yeah, yeah, can't. Yeah, there's nothing else to add, to be honest. Fair points. So was, um, was Watford defender Holabas is a bit of a cult hero, of course, in um, in FBL. Um, he's at four point five, and he got himself. He managed to bag himself two assists at the weekend. But um, one word of warning, I think he's actually gone up a price rise already, or if he hasn't, he, he is due to. But um, Watford fan Stephen Toomey, who you should all follow at six goal if you like your beer and FPL, and especially, I guess, if you like both. He tweeted um, when he noticed all of those owners bringing in Holabas. He said that um, in the last, since he joined Watford, he's uh, he's told 24 yellow cards and telesis. He is a bit of a card magnet. And, um, and also Watford's fixtures are filthy coming up. Um, I think they've got like, you know, of the top, of the top four clubs or the top six clubs, they have three or four of them, I think, in the next six fixtures. So they're, um, they, they're not, I don't think they're going to be keeping many more clean sheets. Um, so that's one word of warning in terms of the, um, the Watford defenders. Is, yeah, uh, honestly, Holabas, I, I can vouch for the, the roller coaster that is owning him because I remember when it was, no, it wasn't last year. It would have been the season before that. And I brought him in really early. I think he'd only just joined or was very new on the scene. And he was getting all these assists and it was really exciting. And there, there was one week where I think he got a goal and uh, a clean sheet and maximum bonus. And it was just amazing. And people were jumping to bring him in. And then it was just a sea of yellow and he got the he got his five yellow cards and then he got 10 yellow cards and it was just like oh when's his ban coming up again because he's due one any minute very stressful yeah and i can't help but yeah, what he i definitely is um he's not he's not a smooth ride of um for a 4.5 uh, well, let's move on to the midfielders, folks, OK? Mars, come to you first on um, Neves, Rickardson and Mane. They're three that, like we were talking about, they looked very, very good in the preseason. All the signs are pointing to good returns. But um, what are you suggesting for people who don't own 
any of those three players coming into game week two? Are you suggesting they kind of hold stay pat with who they came in with? Or are you thinking that any of them are must owns um, coming into game week two that they kind of need to just move to quickly? I don't think any of them is a must own. But I've already said that I made a move to Richarlison. I think it really depends on the setup of your team. If you have money in the bank and you have a five a five mil midfielder that is that you've noticed that you know is not playing as advanced as you wanted or in a team that like in my position I feel that they're not gonna score enough goals, then it's not bad to make the move to a a six point five, for example, like Richardson. Even or even now, that's not a bad one. Now with Neves, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different one. L- listen, the guy's class. He had a great game, and he seems to be on set pieces. And from what I'm hearing, he's also on pens. But for me, this is one that I would stalk. Just wait and see, see what's happening. Because if you talk to Wolves fan, I, I talk to Fly a lot of, uh, in the in DMs. You know, telling him telling me how much he loves Liverpool, and me telling him that he should just come out with it and admit it, but he doesn't want to. Um, and, and, and sometimes we talk about Neves and when we were talking he's saying Jota is your man Neves will will always play but and he will score a cracker once in a while so consistent you, you know you get you get the points and he might get your goal which what you see in, in the first game so <clears throat> I might wait and they've got Man City I think in the third game they've got an away game at Leicester which could be open Leicester not the most defensive team and they'll, they, they will attack at home and then they've got Man City. So those two games could give you an opportunity to, to to make other moves or watch more and see where, you know, if you have Jota like I do, is he going to, to do a bit more than just the odd assist? Uh, or is Costa a better choice choice than Neves? Or is Neves the man, right? So it gives you a couple of moves just before the, um, the international break. Uh, as for Mane, I genuinely think this, and I thought this before, um, before the season that I think he's going to have uh, before the season started he's going to have one of them uh, he's going to be the main man for Liverpool al- it's, 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 I'm not saying anything new alongside Salah but I actually think he might even do better goal-wise the guy is just playing some of the best football that I've seen him play um, love that love that smile love the way he plays the football and Liverpool will always score goals the reason I didn't go with him is because I wanted to spread my the big clubs I like to have players from all the big clubs. It's, it's not, not just the coverage myth, but I actually chose players that I think will do will do well. So for me, I'm on Sanchez, for example, and I would stalk Manny right now if I didn't have him. Liverpool got a, trick, a tricky game uh, next week. You know what I think about Palace uh, uh, when they play Liverpool. Let just the police car go through. Every time we record, there's a police car. Do you notice this? <laughs> What are you guys up to? Seriously, what have I got myself into? I don't know, Nim. They're looking for Don all the time. Um, Nim, he likes... He pods naked, Nim. We talked about this last week. He get on really well with Kutio, who's on the Wildcats, because he's done a stream in just his pants one time. So, mate, they go well together. (laughs) Lies, lies, all lies. So, back to Mane. (laughs) Um, I would, I would stalk. I would stalk. However, doubling up on Liverpool uh, in midfield is not a bad option because most people will have Salah. My my thinking right now is I'm going to give Sanchez maybe one or two games, and then if he still doesn't deliver, why would I want to put myself through one wanting Sanchez to score for United as a Liverpool fan, two watching boring football, 
when I can just have money and have two, you know, two birds in one stone. So that's my thinking about it. Do you have Salah, right? I have Salah, exactly. But most people have Salah. The the way I think about it is most people have Salah. So you need somebody else from Liverpool because otherwise you're just scoring the same. And I've seen teams that have Salaman and Firmino. I'm, I'm a bit jealous because, to be honest, those three will always be involved. Now, I might not go for Firmino because I think there's there's other... I, I love the guy, but in FPL, there's a lot of other options that you can get from, from the big clubs where they can also deliver and probably score more than him, right? But Mane and Salah as a midfield, why not? Yeah, I had I had him in one of those drafts, you know, and I... And... I, I just because everyone it was so cheap around those two, I was starting to get a bit nervous because obviously I'd invested so much up top as well. But yeah, I I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I can see I can see having that extra Liverpool person would be why it would be really helpful for sure. I feel really guilty, like I've betrayed him because Mane is he has Kylie Lovebug status. Like, that basically means that he <laughs> is one of my favorite players. And we have this loyalty situation whereby I choose him in my team and he scores goals. And then when he's not in my team, he doesn't score goals. And he was in my team. And like Ooh, Mars, I felt very team. strongly. Well, this is the thing I got rid of him for <sighs> Ericsson. Because so you betrayed him. I did, yeah. So this was a few days, maybe a week before the kickoff, first first day of FPL, and I started to look at my team, and I had three City players, and at the time I had three Liverpool players, and it seemed like too much, and so I thought, oh, maybe I'll get Ericsson instead of Mane, and I was never completely happy with it. And then, of course, Mane just was like, well, you've just betrayed me and ditched me for that guy. So <laughs> that happened. So now it's really upsetting. Um, and I hope he forgives me because I will bring him back, I think. It he's going to bring him back now and he's going to do nothing, isn't he? looking guy, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, the, I brought it uh, on no, myself. I, thankfully. I um, I went for that double up in midfield. But like you guys are saying, I was tempted um, Sane to get the extra Man City um, attacker in there and thankfully they didn't go that direction because I don't know what exactly is going on there with Pep um, and Ericsson was the other one um, so uh, it, it worked out well in game week one but um, yeah like you said Mars I think that Mane, Mane could be looking like that kind of form where he could have such a season that we might be at risk of losing them to Real Madrid next summer. If that's the uh, whatever. No, 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 not, <laughs> not going to happen. But what what I would say is he seems to be in the right place at the right time, even more so than Salah. You watch him; he just always happens to be there, right? And if he's fi- both of them, actually, you can you can. Uh, the funny thing is, you can argue about how bad they're finishing is considering the chances they get. Right and and how much they miss. But if he improves on on his last finish, sometimes he just lashes at it. Look, I I genuinely believe he will he will compete with Salah for scoring the most goals. Mm. At Liverpool anyway. Um, let's let's move on to Manchester United. As much as um as much as they had the the game was probably the most boring game of the weekend for me. Um, I sat through it all, but um, Paul Bell looked good. He's only eight mil at the moment. Now he might be gone up to eight point one. Um, he was one that. 
I we were all kind of fooled into thinking that he wasn't going to be starting this first game and we'd have kind of a week or so to kind of see what we do. Um, but he was the one who popped up with the goal from the penalty. Um, now, Sanchez, on the other hand, has drawn the ire of everyone because he just doesn't look right. He looks, to me, he looks a bit overweight. He looks to me like the kind of, he looks a bit like a fellow playing in that Man United shirt. He, he looks like one of those old timers at a Legends game or something. He just doesn't, his speed seems to be down. Um, but having said that, he was the one who won the penalty. If Pogba hadn't taken the ball off him, he could have slotted away. He could have had an assist if I can't remember who it was who missed the chance, but was it Lukaku who missed the chance? I mean, he could have had a monster week yeah. and we wouldn't all be talking like this. But what is, um, sure, Kylie, I'll come to you, Anna. Is, um, what's your thinking on the Man United midfielders? What's your thinking on Sanchez long term? Is he somebody that people? Yeah, look, it, it's really tricky because there, there was a point where I was not, I wouldn't say seriously, but I was looking at Sanchez. Um, in pre-season with the view that um, it could be an opportunity for him to really come to the fore and and having had a pre-season so that he should should have been uh, rested. Instead, it looks like he's been eating too many cupcakes. I don't know. But he certainly wasn't as impressive as we know he's able to be. And um, I was largely underwhelmed particularly given his price. I just think it when you tip over that that sort of 10 million mark, it becomes really difficult. We sort of said this about the likes of Hazard, for example. It becomes really difficult to be patient with that player. And when you have that player in a United team, in, in Mourinho's team, it becomes even more tricky because we know that this is not a, a team that will intentionally will go out to score a load of goals. So I would be worried about him personally. And But that being said, by the same token, I'm not running out to make transfers. So I think that you generally chose people for a reason, unless there's a real concern. Um, as Mars touched upon in his rant, um, I don't think that you need to be making a lot of moves at this point. If there's an opportunity move um, in at, for a weak spot in your team, then sure. Or if someone didn't play, if you had Sane and you're concerned about whether he will play, that's fine. I mean, Sanchez, you know he'll play. So it might be best to give him the extra week and then take your two free transfers in and see what you can do. That's probably what I would do, but I would certainly be a bit concerned about him. Pogba said himself, didn't he, in the interview that um, uh, we don't really have a set person to take the penalties. We tend to just see who wants to take them at the time and maybe Sanchez can take it next time. So, But yeah. I think Mourinho then came out and said Pogba is on penalties. Oh, did he? I, I, th oh, I okay. thought I saw something to that effect because I saw Pogba's comments and then I'm absolutely certain I read um, comments from Mourinho, which kind of seemed to be talking Pogba up a bit, which maybe uh, that's okay. why it stood out because that seems unlike him, but <laughs> um, implying that the penalties are with Pogba. But as you said, I would take it all with a pinch of salt because we really don't know 
for sure in that situation. If Pogba is definitely on penalties, like eight million is a really, Steel. really Absolutely. nice price. Yeah, yeah especially. But I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's all good uh, there with other Pogba quotes that I'm seeing. So he would be somebody I stalk because. I could see him leaving if he's this unhappy and with his agent mm. and all of that stuff. So he's one that I'll I definitely, definitely think he's a stalk, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, when he's got, like, he had the most dribbles of anyone in the last game week, the most passes in the United versus Leicester match, you know, he's definitely got to be a stalk for us, hasn't he? For sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Mersey, speaking of dribbling, um, we'll come to you on this one on the forward. <laughs> Nice segue. Thanks. Um, Wilson, King, Arnie, Zaha, Kuhn and Oba. They're the names I have listed down here in my forward section. What's your thinking on, we all mentioned that they they largely disappointed at the weekend, Zaha being the only goal scorer among them. Um, but what's your, what's your thinking on the forwards? Is it basically kind of people should probably just stay with who they're with, whether it's Tosun at Everton, Absolutely, wait and see on, on, on all of them. If you have King, Nims touched on it earlier, I think. Wilson missed the penalty. King could come back and score. You know, you chose him for a reason and he's also cheap, right? So you could, you could make the move. Uber, you can't judge him on the first two games. You have to wait if you, if you, went, if you went there. Sa- same with Aguero. I mean, you know, you have Aguero. I mean, they've got Huddersfield next. Uh, I, could see a, I could see a huge um, tantrum if he gets... Rotated, but to be honest, Jesus That's didn't just even from look. me. <laughs> Jesus didn't even look that good when he came on. I, I, th- I, I personally think Aguero will start again against Huddersfield, but you know that's just just because maybe I, I also really like the guy. Um, and then I'm not gonna go through all the names, but with all of them, Arnie's another one I touched on. They've got they've got Bournemouth at home. I've already said Bournemouth can't defend. I won't be surprised if Arnie gets a couple and. You know, I think I talked to you guys a while back and I said my my plan was to have 0.5 in the bank and move um, King to Arnie. Things things have changed and I decided to go with Richardson. But if I didn't, probably would have been my move anyway. I was planning to bring an Arnie in. But now, actually, I want to see I want to see what West Ham do with this new manager because they've signed quite a few forwards. So he, he could be one that actually gets moved out to back to the wing or become less effective. They've got a new manager. You know, if you don't have him, he's one you stalk. If you have him, you definitely keep him. Imagine moving him because he didn't score against Liverpool and then he goes bangs a hat-trick against Bournemouth at home. So with all of them, you have to be patient. If you don't have them, just wait. There's no point to jump now. You've, you've invested in what? So if you've got Zaha, Arnie and Aguero, where are you going to go? Change Arnie to, to who? To King? Yeah. To someone? You know, you just need to hold on. Yep. Good stuff, Mersey. Um, folks, let's move on to the preview of the game week to come. So we're just going to give a very brief kind of take on from our fantasy point of view of the coming game week, the players and teams we're kind of watching. Um, Nim, I'll come to you first on Cardiff versus Newcastle. Give us your brief kind of thoughts on these two teams. And is Kennedy the man that you've got your eye on for, for this one? He'd be kind of my star man, I'd imagine. Yeah, it, it, it could be a game for the pace of Kennedy, definitely, and reward all those managers risking him at, at the five mil that they went for. So definitely agree with you there. He's definitely one I've got my eyes on as well. Um, you know what? Cheers for giving me this one. <laughs> um, both possibly <laughs> as woeful as each other. Um, 
Cardiff haven't beaten Newcastle in the league since 1981, a run of 10 straight defeats, actually, uh, conceding 28 goals in the process and only scoring five. So, yeah, uh, it's looking like a Newcastle win there. Yeah, because Newcastle actually looked better than what I anticipated. It was it was one of these things, you know, in the preseason before the games, we were looking at it and thinking Newcastle were going to be an absolute train wreck, whereas they were actually fairly good in their opener. But um, the uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd I'd agree with you on that. There, I think it could be a Newcastle Newcastle win on that. Uh, Kylie, move on to Everton versus Southampton. Um, what's your thoughts? Hopefully, Rickardson's going to play. But um, what's your thinking on this one? Yeah, I think the key question on managers' uh, minds will be the fitness of Richarlison. Uh, it does appear, based on latest reports, that he's probably okay and that um, he was, I mean, he didn't go down the tunnel, so it, it might have been a knock or, or a cramp or, or something um, simple. So it'll be, I'm very interested to see him a second time, I want to see some consistency from him. And that doesn't necessarily mean him going and, and scoring two goals. But um, I mean, one of the concerns I would have is that he had two attempts on goal and he scored both. So that's a 100% conversion rate. There will be a regression. Um, he didn't create any chances. So he had a great game in that regard in that he scored two goals. But um, we know what happened when he was with Watford, there was really serious regression there. Um, and I think people will want to see a continued standard of, of performance, regardless of the the, the points output, um, to see if, if he's a long-term option. But he's certainly, at look, at the price, I think he, you know, he's an exciting pick and it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Another one just on... Um, Southampton, I believe his name is Elianusi. I'm probably pronouncing that horribly, but mm -hmm. um, I believe he created four chances in the 34 minutes that he was on the pitch. So he's 6.5, which is for me a, a bit steep for a Southampton player when I don't know enough about him and haven't seen enough of him, but it, he could represent an, an interesting option um, going forward and Southampton will need to score goals. So I'm keen to see what he has in that match. But I do think that it's it's there for Everton to win. They aren't great defensively, but I think they do have more attacking firepower. Great shout. Thanks a million, Kylie. And uh, speaking of regression, Mara's coming to you on this one. So Leicester versus Wolves. So I think um, one player that really stood out for me and I was really surprised that he came off was Madison. He played he played really advanced. I've heard, I, I'd, I'd heard about him and I heard that he was a good player for, I think he was Norwich he was playing for, right? And that he gets involved. Yeah. But I was really impressed on how just confident he looked in that Leicester team. And at home, Leicester will always attack. I think that's one thing that you know for sure. I always say, you know, they're one of those teams that you stay away from their defenders unless you're expecting Maguire to head it in. Um, otherwise, you know, just stick with their attackers. So Madison for me, Vardy, listen, Vardy is Vardy. He's one of those that will probably score consistent scores. Like he will, he won't, he, I think there were stats, and I can't remember the exact number, but he doesn't score more than one in, in a lot of games. But he will get you a goal. And 
somebody I saw something on Twitter that made me laugh the other day that his his uh, difficulty rating should be changed because when he, he always scores against the top six and struggles against yeah, his, the, the, the lower teams, right? Which, which is fair. Uh, apart from that, to be honest, I mean, I, I've always liked uh, 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 Demari Gray for them, but he's one of those that he, he always seems to be there, thereabouts, but just FPL-wise just doesn't deliver. So he's one that I'll be watching. Otherwise, Old Brighton is, is an old favourite of everybody's. And, you know, I, I did say that they would concede, but Schmeichel for me is, 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 um, is always a strong keeper. Um, now, obviously, they're playing Wolves. So away from home, we don't know how Wolves are going to play. Uh, they, I was quite impressed with them when, when they played at home. And, you know, you'd expect them to win when, when they play against a 10-man team. But to be fair to Everton, they didn't, they didn't fold. Um, for, for me, the, the, the Wolves players are ones that I'll be watching right now. Just see how they do. I've got Jota, so I'll, I'll keep him. I'll be interested to see how he plays away from home. Um, and then, you know, for me, the comparison is with Neves or one of those Chelsea midfielders that are at five because then I can save one and a half and spend somewhere else on, on a premium player or upgrade a premium player or when, when Bernardo Silva starts getting rotated or something like that. Um, but apart from that, I mean, uh, yeah, you've got Jota, Neves, Jimenez took his goal well. But again, I mean, for me, watch, wait and watch, you know, how many is he going to score? And they've got a four million defender, so Bennett, I think he played. Again, just wait and see, because they've signed a lot of players. You need to see if they if he's going to play more or not. And if, if he does play, then he's another one to add with Biscuits and Peltier at four million. That's not bad. Thanks, Mersey. Um, Name, this one's a bit of a better fixture for you. It's uh, Spurs versus Fulham. Um, it's kind of an interesting one because both teams kind of underwhelmed in their opening fixtures. Fulham are kind of bedding in a lot of new players and Spurs then, of course, have a load of returning World Cup um, stars. But um, how do you see this going? Yeah, I definitely think we were all a bit surprised by that World Cup um, return and, and especially in the cases of Ali and Vertonghen scoring, definitely. Um, and Kang scored his, his four, goal, four goals in two games against Fulham um, previously. So, you know, it was a bit surprised to not really see, to see him do very much. Maybe we'll see Trippier um, coming back this game week. Ericsson looking a bit more lively. Quite possibly we could see Kane scoring in August, but we'll chat a bit more about that later. <laughs> um, Fulham can keep, keep hold of the ball. Uh, the 66% possession against Palace, so they can definitely keep the ball. Mitrovic had most shots over the weekend, was unfortunate not to score, I thought, has done better against Spurs with a goal and assist in each of the two games he's played against them. Spurs have only lost one of the last three, uh, sorry, one of the last 11 meetings in the league, so I think this will be a Spurs win, but it could be a close one, this. Great stuff. Thanks, Nim. Um, next up, we have Kylie. Give us your West Ham versus Bournemouth take. OK, so really, I look at this and it's Arnie and King for me. Well, quite literally, because they are both in my team and it uh, them with Aguero does seem to be quite a popular combination. So neither team is renowned for their excellent defence. Obviously, West Ham now have Fabianski, who is a quality keeper, and it will be 
interesting to see how they do defensively when they're not playing against Liverpool, which is a different beast altogether. I do think that there's goals in this at both ends. And, um, well, I mean, Arnie came off with some kind of injury or nickel. I'm not sure. So I'm hoping to see that he is fit and firing. But the, the big question there is what position will he play? Because they do have a number of options. And um, really the attraction is in him playing in that um, forward role. Because I remember reading a statistic which basically showed that the, the vast majority of his attacking returns were coming when he was in that in that role and so we don't want him reverting back and no one likes reverse out of position players. No, so and, and out of position in the wrong way, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it won't work well. <laughs> Quite unpleasant. So let's hope that's that's not what we see coming up. Hopefully not. He had such fantastic preseason and he ended last season well. So I, I'll always back him to be able to to score a goal. But um, I, I really think that this is what we need to see. But I think there'll be goals in this match. Good stuff. Thanks, Kelly. Uh, Mersey, on to Chelsea versus Arsenal. So it's the evening kickoff on Saturday. Um, should be another oh. cracking game. Um, but um, oh, what's yeah. your thinking? Yeah, this is going to be a tough... It's interesting. Chelsea had a, you know, an easy-ish game um, against against Huddersfield, away from home. But I still expected first uh, the team to take a, a bit longer to gel. But then maybe it's because it was Huddersfield and no disrespect meant to Huddersfield, but I think they'll be one of the teams that are going down. Um, I think... Um, I, I still think Chelsea will win this game. But for me, the watch list is on all those 5 mil midfielders that seem to be scoring or playing out of position. Like, Kante's one to watch, for sure. Um, I've seen, um, uh, I think it was Simon March, who's who's the next winner, saying, you know, like, Kante will play forward, more forward with the, with the Sari uh, systems. So he's one for me that I'll keep an eye on. And obviously, all the returning players, you know, you've got Hazard. Uh, I think he will start. Pedro uh, got, got, got early returns. So there's a couple of players that I want to watch and see how... Chelsea defend against a, a top team. You know, whatever, whatever we said about Arsenal before, they're still a top team and they normally like to beat Chelsea, to be honest. As for Arsenal, all their players for me are, are, are on the watch list. I mean, they're attacking players. So let's see what happens. Is he going to play uh, Boomerang alone again? Is, like I said, going to start? I think it's. Uh, I think he's still trying to get his best team out. So for me, it's watch like even people like Bellerin, who's an attacking wing-back, just watch and see. I think it's going to be a, an open game and hopefully some goals. Nice one, Marzi. Um, Nim, on to Sunday we go. Uh, Burnley versus Watford. Sorry, now this one isn't much of a cracker, but um, <laughs> well, what do you think? Is this uh, another clean sheet for Burnley and Watford, or do you think that the turf more advantage will give Burnley the advantage over Watford? Oh, tough one. Burnley are currently holding their own in the in the new pressures of the European football, but they have a huge game on Thursday night to qualify for the Europa League. Um, thankfully they're at home but it, it could be a long night that I think and probably poised at another nil-nil um, you'd, you'd maybe worry about a tired back line coming up against the confidence filled Pereira to be honest he was brilliant on the weekend um, and he could be the shout out if, the, if, there are, if there is one from Watford it could be Pereira as he seems to have taken 
Richarlison spot from last season. Um, Watford have won three of the four meetings they've had in the Premier League so far. So it could be a little chink in the armour, but I'd, I'd probably give this one to Burnley, although this, yeah, this could be... This could be a draw, I think, this one. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, Nim. Um, I agree, yeah, Pereira looks like uh, he's probably the pick of the Watford attacking options. Um, as you know, uh, in general, actually, probably the only Watford player that I'd be looking at at the moment. But uh, yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping Ben Mee will give me another clean sheet. But uh, we'll wait and see. Um, Kylie, move on to Man City versus Huddersfield. And um, Mr. Aguero and his and his buddies, are they going to absolutely let rip at Huddersfield? Well, I certainly hope so. Um, this is an interesting one. Like Mars said, I do agree. I think that Huddersfield will be going down this year. Um, they looked problematic um, to me at the weekend. And I think City are far too strong a proposition. That being said, last time they met, it was a nil-all. This was when we all thought that we were going to get back loads of points at the end of the season, and that did not eventuate. But I think that uh, I think the city will win this. The key questions really: who will be starting, and and what differences we'll see. I think that we'll see Aguero. I think we should see Aguero. I he hope we is, see Aguero. <laughs> yeah, please let us see Aguero. For Lim's I, sake, let there be an Aguero. <laughs> right. I just it it wouldn't make sense to me to be playing Jesus. I just don't think that he looks the part at the moment. It's certainly not um enough to keep Aguero on the bench to start with. Obviously I think that there will come a point during the match when Aguero will be taken off. But if the question is, can he score plenty in the period of time that he's there in this fixture, I would say yes. And I would hope that's the case. The other one is Bernardo Silva. That will be of interest. He received great praise from Pep after the Community Shield. He then followed up that performance with another goal. So... He played even though, you know, we weren't quite sure what to expect with the, the City lineup. We never are, but Sterling started, KDB was on the bench, Sane didn't start, David Silva wasn't even in the squad, Mares taken off before the 60th minute. It's all very exciting with Man City. Um, yeah. But I, I hope that we'll see something relatively similar to last time, though I do believe that um, we have to factor in KDB. So it'll be interesting. I think there's a clean sheet there for Mendy owners again and um, a, a, a few goals. Yeah, I, I don't think Huddersfield yeah. will put it up to them the way they did last time. The Man City midfield is a bit of a quandary, right, as to who's going to be starting and playing. And and uh, and also, as you said, the Aguero-Jesus issue, even though last season, of course, they two of them played together and they were prolific alongside each other in a front two. Um, and we do know that Pep does like to clean up the league as early as he can. So he probably will want to start off at maximum pace, like rather than trying to trying to move them in and out too much and kind of keeping them both fresh. Um, they have Marzi on to the next one, which is Brighton versus Man United. Um, 
what's your what's your thinking on this one? Uh, Bor nil all draw. I can certainly see Mourinho setting up to not lose and maybe that. You know, Brighton had a rough, tough start against Watford. I was expecting a little bit better from them, to be fair. So let's see how they play at home. You know, I mean, uh, apart from Gross on a watch list, I struggle to think of any other Brighton asset right now. I'm not interested in their defence. Their midfielders, uh, the, the new ones, I can't even pronounce the name, so I'm not even going to look at not even interested. <laughs> um, looking at United, you've got their players, you keep them. So I've got Sanchez and Shaw, I'll keep them. Um, and, and, and watch and see how they do. You know, you, you've got um, the, the World Cup players will start coming back. The minute I see Young taking Shaw's place, for example, if he does, then then that's when I'll move Shaw on. If I have enough money, then I'll probably upgrade to, to, to Mendy, for example. But I got Shaw in thinking he'll play a few games and if he continues scoring or, or doing well, you never know. Mourinho might actually stick with him. Um, again, you know, you've got the, the, the Pogba's and... If, if you've got people like Mata or stuff like that. Rashford will be the one that worries me. I think look, as soon as Lukaku's back, Rashford will be back on the bench. Um, apart from that, yeah, I, I, I see a, a potential clean sheet for United and maybe maybe a 1-0 a one nil, one nil win or something like that. Yeah, it should be an opportunity for them to cut loose a little bit because, as you said, Brighton didn't look great against Watford. And, um, you know, it, it should really be one of them games that will be... No, they did, but they're quite strong at home. I think Brighton are one of those teams that will give you a game at home with with the fans and everything. So so let's see mm. let's see if United are up for it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, the final, the Monday night game is Crystal Palace versus Liverpool. And, um, of course, this is one where, as Liverpool fans, it's always been a bit of a bogey team. I guess it'll kind of lead us on nicely to our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks, um, because, of course, Mo will feature in this. As our guest, Nim, you can go first. Um, how about you give us your Barlow and your Baldwin captain picks? So your Barlow is your boring captain pick. And your Barlow is if you're feeling a little bit frisky. Who do you, um, who would you go for? I wouldn't say Mane is a boring pick, um, if you have him. He's played Palace eight times for all his clubs and has got five goals and two assists. It's actually his joint best team to score against. The others being Man City and some Austrian team whose names I can't pronounce. So, <laughs> And my ball win pick has to be Kane. Well, it's risky because it's it's Kane in August and, well, you know, Kane in August is pretty risky for all of us, but he has played Fulham twice and has scored four goals against them. So if he can get that scoring form back, he could be a risky pick for your captaincy this week. Yeah, and if you have if you have gone with him, then why not, I guess, yeah, if he is in your lineup. Um and Kylie, come to you next on it. Who's your Baldwin and who's your Barlow? Okay, so for my Barlow pick, I'm going to say Salah, which is shocking to absolutely no one. But I think just given ownership and everything at this point in the season, there's a lot that is sensible about going with him as the safe pick. I think he's the definition of a safe pick at the moment and and certainly not uh, what I would call an exciting one. In terms of my Baldwin pick, I would actually be tempted to go for Arnie, I think. Um, City is a little bit of a minefield. 
I think Aguero is attractive, but I'd probably classify Aguero as more of a Barlow pick this week, given the fixture. And I think that this is the kind of fixture where I could see Arnie doing well and thriving. And despite Bournemouth keeping a clean sheet last week in the most shocking thing ever to have happened, it's just not going to happen again. I will eat my hat. I don't even have a hat, but you know what I mean. Strong words. (laughs) I just, I don't think that, um, I really don't rate Bournemouth's defence. And it might be because I'm prejudiced against Simon Francis for all of his uh, one pointers and negative pointers off the bench last year. But um, yeah, I, I, he sounds a bit too much like a um, a jockey or something. Anyway, Simon so Francis, just his, you know, his just name just sounds like a footballer. Yeah, he just makes me ragey. I just say his name, and I think he did. He get an assist at the weekend. I was so offended by that. It just really upset me. <laughs> All of last year, he was rotting on my bench, and I think he came off yeah, every, several every times. in the game, every defender in the game, Kylie got an assist. Seemed last week. Well, yeah, that's yeah and you know there's something in the water when Simon Francis is getting an assist. Like, that's just yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drug test them all. Drug test them. I think so. Uh, <laughs> Marzi, um, tell us your Barlow and your Baldwin. Right, so Barlow would definitely be for me um, somebody like Aguero. I think he'll start. So he, he'd be the Barlow. Baldwin, uh, sticking with the same team, I think Silva. Bernardo Silva, that is. Um, we t- Carly touched on it. We said Pep loves him at the moment. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd agree. But one thing actually, I think that my um, my risky pick actually, my ball one would be um, would be actually Mares. I think Mares is probably the safest of the wide men in terms of you know not getting rotated this early in the season. He's new player. Pep obviously wants to get him used to the city system. And he's looked good in flashes, and I can see him kind of, he's going to break his city duck kind of soon. So um, he'd be probably my risky pick if I was feeling if I was feeling up to it. Um, I'll probably, this stage of the season, go a bit safe, though. And uh, it is between Salah and Aguero. So um, I'll, at the moment, it's on Aguero. But um, if I do chicken out a little bit, I probably will switch to Salah because he is more nailed on to start. Whereas Aguero, you never know with the Pep shenanigans what he's going to do. Um, let's we'll quickly go through rapid fire listener questions here, folks. Okay, so we have a bunch of them in, so we'll get through as many as we can in like two or three minutes. Um, FBL Planner was asking, I'll give this one to you, Nim. Um, can't they? He's was wondering about Jorginho's role. Does it allow him um, to continue being further up the pitch than last season? And is he a decent shout for a fourth midfielder? So give us your quick take on whether Kante is worthy of being a fourth midfielder. Well, it depends on whether you're going to be playing him often, if I'm honest. It's a bit difficult to say if if goals will be added to his game this season or whether that was a bit of a fluke (laughs) on the weekend. So I'm not sure on that one. I, I think we'd have to wait a bit more. But if you were hoping to start him, He's always going to get you solid points, let's be honest, but he might not rock your world every week, put it that way. Dear FBL people was asking, Alderweireld and Leno out, yes or no? Now, probably we both say Leno, um, if you're planning on starting them, then yes, you probably do need to make a move in your goalkeeper unless you have a decent reserve. 
Um, but Alderveld, is he somebody that you should be worried about if you have him in? He's a lot of money. Yeah, he has a lot of money. Um, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't have picked him um, myself. I, I think that, um, I think I would probably shift him. And I, I wouldn't be a big um, advocate for, for moving too quickly, but I think that there are other options that uh, at that price that look more attractive to me, to be to be honest. Spurs defence in, in the long run is always a nice choice, but I think I prefer the stability of Vertonghen, um, even though who apparently now is attacking. And he, he started playing, you know, quite an attacking style last year at the very end of the season. He was just absolutely going for it. Um, but I think given that price and your questions over him, it, it's an opportunity to jump across to some of the, the more attractive options. We've mentioned them. There's Mandy, the likes of Robertson. I would be preferring to have these kinds of players in my team over Alderweireld, I think. Great stuff. Um, Audacious Goose was asking about the Man City, you know, Captain Aguero, Bernardo Silva, Mendy over Salah. Um, I think we kind of covered that one in our captain section, but thanks, Miriam, for that question. Um, Button Wood was asking, um, his, his defense consists of Mendy, VBD, um, Biscuits, Tompkins, and Peltier. Now he's thinking that it's a bit of a problem having the double up in Crystal Palace. Um, we all, we actually, a few of us have, um, the PVA I have, I know, and I think one of you girls has as well. We both do. Um, PVA yeah. Yeah, and Biscuits combo. I'm not, per- I'm not worried about that because Biscuits can be on the bench for me. That's where I planned on having them. And I think that Palace look good enough to have that double up there in the right fixture as well. Um, but at four, at four million. Um, but he's wondering maybe, um, Nim, what's your thinking on Pereira at Leicester? Do you have any kind of thoughts on him at the moment or is it a wait and see for now? I think that's it's a wait and see. And on the double up on the Palace defence, I think as long as their fixtures are OK, there's no reason why you, you shouldn't be nervous. You should be. There's no reason why you should be worried, to be honest, about playing both of them. We have already proved this week that they can get some attacking returns, even if they don't get defensive ones. So, um, Marzi, quick one on this, because um, I know we, you touched on Neves earlier on, but Gino at FC Hungover was asking about transferring in Neves before his price went up. Now, it's already gone up, but you never know. It's, it might go up again for all we know. Um, but because as the algorithms are getting used to the, the new way they're doing it this season, it'll take a few weeks before they get to predict them properly. But um, he's wondering his transfer strategy was to wait for game week three and have the and bank his transfer. Um, he was wondering whether or not he should swap out Neve or Carney for Neves, or should he stick to his plan, which is to drop King for a 4.5 ahead of game week three and then be able to upgrade Mora to KDB. Um, what's your thoughts on that, really quickly? I would rather update Mora to, to KDB than um, swap um, Kearney with Neves. Wait on Neves. You've got two games where they're playing away than City. That gives you the chance to see if Neves is the main man or not. But I would rather KDB than either the other two. So definitely wait and stick to your plan. Great stuff. Thanks, Mersey. Um, at Migtavius, our buddy there was asking who impressed you in game week one that you hadn't even thought of going into the season. So I'll uh, come to you quickly on that one, Kylie. 
So one of the players that that stood out for me was Madison of Leicester. He's been mentioned already on the pod, but there was chatter about him in preseason. And I would have said that he was someone going on my watch list, but certainly not someone that I considered in my team. I thought he was very impressive and I think it'll be really interesting to see him playing not against United. There's definitely room for a budget Mares 2.0 to happen there with Leicester. So I'm keen to see how that develops. And the other one was Pereira, who's also been mentioned uh, with Watford, not someone I gave even the slightest thought to. So Again, looking for a bit of consistency and to see if this was just a flash in the pan situation or or whether he can develop into a really exciting option for us. I think a lot of the rest of the performers who weren't in my team personally, um, so like Shaw and Richarlison and, and these sorts of players, they were ones that were certainly in my thinking at some stage. So it, it was really the other two, Madison and Pereira, that kind of jumped out at me. And last last question quickly is basically from John G. We have to continue with tradition and get John G. Grifters United his question in. Um, he was asking, he managed 15 starters for game week one, um, so he's hopeful to roll the FT. Um, but in an FPL world where so many clubs rotate quickly, how, how many game weeks do you think we'll be able to, before we'll be able to really establish squad patterns? Obviously, where we'd be able to identify who is kind of safer week to week starter. Um, how many weeks do you think we're going to have to wait on that? Take your take your guesses, Kylie. How many weeks? I will say four. About four weeks. So kind of up to the international break, is it? Yeah, three or four. I think. I think you'll have World Cup players back and. We'll have a bit more of a sense of the new clubs and and perhaps the new players fitting in. At no point in the season will we ever have a guarantee. There's some teams, you know, your Burnleys and so on, that that don't really rotate. And then there are others that do. And there's always a little surprise to be had. But I think that once you get to sort of a few weeks in, you can start to have a much clearer shape uh, of what that team will look like for the greater part of the year anyway. Great stuff. Um, the next question was from Dom J. Dominic, um, too many numbers. He pretty much has a telephone number in his, uh, in his Twitter handle, Dom J. <laughs> but, um, he was asking about the perceived template. Now, I'll answer this one quickly. He was asking, was it, is it two premium defenders and then pack the midfield with three or four premiums? Um, if, I think for me, it's looking like so far is kind of two premium defenders and then to kind of have two premium midfielders and then, you know, with Salah and then have your uh, or two premium midfielders and then have a kind of one high price forward mixed with two kind of cheaper forward. That's for me the template that I'm seeing so far. Um, but um, it, of course, these things change very, very quickly. So. In no time at all, we'll be um, we'll be talking about having to load up on our Aubameyang and uh, and Aguero shouts, and Nimfrey will be very happy if that happens. Oh, I do hope so. And <laughs> <laughs> um, folks, that's all we've got time for on tonight's show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening in. And um, check us out at threeamigosfpl.com, where you can find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels. 
thanks a million to Nymphria TV and uh, Nim, who's our buddy and our pal. And we're um, we're very, very glad you made it onto tonight's show. Um, and do make sure to check her out on Twitter and on our YouTube channels and at the FPL Wildcats, of course, as well. Their podcast is excellent. And um, please do like, share and rate the podcast on iTunes as it helps us to increase our listenership. Thanks as always for your support. Um, we love talking FBL and we love that so many of you like listening to it too. Booyah. One for each other and all for one. The three brave amigos are we. Brother to brother and everyone. A brave amigo.